0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Diana. Essie's going back there. looks like Beatrice is going back there as well. So appreciate those that help with our children. If if you do want to work with children in the church, uh, volunteer, let me know. Let Angeline know, and we'll get you set up. Amen. Because we could always, uh, you'll never go to a church and say, "Ah, we have enough volunteers. Uh, We're always going to be able to use volunteers wherever you want to go. So appreciate that everybody else stand with me if you have your bible or if you have your phone that has a bible uh you can lift it up amen say it with me this is my bible, this is my bible. I, am I, am. I am who it says i am i have what it says i have i can do what it says i can do today i'll be taught the word of god i boldly confess my mind is alert my heart is receptive I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Not because of the words that I speak, right, but because of the Word that He speaks. Praise the Lord. We're never the same. So this morning, I want to talk about walking in restoration. And, um... You know, and and I want to talk about Jesus specifically as our restorer. Amen. Uh, Sometimes we think about, uh, you know, we do something wrong and we, we want to move away from it. And it's kind of like it's just right there in our past still. Maybe it's a sin or a weight or something. And we just kind of, we want to forget about it. But we don't think about it that we're actually restored from that sin. We're restored from what happened to us and what we've done in our past. Amen. And restore, you know, restoration, you think about um, just restoring a car, um, the car looks brand new, right? When, you, when somebody restores it really well, the car is brand new, the truck is brand new. And so when Jesus sees you, he sees you as a brand new person, not the person that you were in your old life. Amen. Amen. He restores you. Hallelujah. If I were to look at an old car and it was restored perfectly... I would think wow this car has never been driven before. It doesn't have any scratches, there's no paint chips. The an- the engine works well, right? I'm not thinking about maybe it was like a you know back in the 40s, the last 70 years, 60 years, right? 80 years now. I'm trying to do my math. I'm not thinking about the 80 years that it's been in production or been on in in uh in somebody's ownership. But I'm just saying, wow, this thing looks brand new. And that's what he did for us, amen? Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, we've all sinned. It's important to know that, that we have all sinned. The Bible says, if, if anybody says that they haven't sinned, that man is a liar, right? So, we've all sinned. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, right? Um, so, there's these wages that come with sin. You know, when we, you, know you reap what you sow. Right, When you sow sin, you're going to reap death. But, the Bible says, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. Notice that, that with sin, there's always wages. But with God, there's always gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. You don't have to pay for a gift. Right? The gift of God, so the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Accept the gift. Amen. Don't give the wages except the gift of, of God, the eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When you read these two verses and realize that we've all sinned and that the wages of sin is death and there's no death in heaven, you can make the conclusion that who, those who sin, how can they enter heaven, right? I mean, that's what some people make, right? I've sinned, I'm worthless, there's no way I'm going to make it. There's no way that the Lord's going to let me in at the pearly gates. And you see this, you see this attitude a lot, you know, why... You know, a lot of times <clears throat> people think that they have to, have to work for heaven, that they have to work to gain approval from the Lord. But again, the wages of sin is death. When you work, you get a wage, right? The wages of sin is death. When you think about wages, <clears throat> and you think of having to work to get in, that's all wrong. But when you think about receiving the gift of eternal life, it's like, wow, Lord, there's a gift that I've received. I didn't have to work for it. I just had to trust in you. Put my trust in you. Put my faith in you. Understand that you died on the cross, Jesus. You rose from the dead for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. And when we do that, we get this gift of eternal life. <clears throat> you know, this is a, a big, de- you know, we're Christians debate over, you know, if you've heard, like, if somebody commits a sin right before they die, do they go to heaven? Right. Because they haven't had time to repent. They haven't had time to confess, whatever. But I think sometimes we, for- we forget that we've been restored. Amen. That these, there's, there are wages to sin. And when we sin, yes, there are consequences. And there's repentance that takes place. But overall, our bodies, the Bible says that, that our spirit is sealed, amen, with a guarantee that we're children of God. That the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Yeah, yeah. Amen. And our spirit is, is now clean. Amen. amen. So we do things on the outside of our body. We, we say things maybe that aren't right or whatever. Okay, but our spirit is clean. Our spirit is restored by Jesus Christ on the cross. He gave us this restoration in His death and His resurrection. You know, that's why the Bible says in Romans ten nine <clears throat> that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised us from the dead, we're going to be uh, we will be saved. Well, you know, some people can confess. That uh, that uh, or know in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, but it also says that we need to confess Him as our Lord, the Lord of our life. Amen. Is He the Lord of your life this morning? Do you accept the restoration that He gave you? Hallelujah. He restored us. It's true that we all fall short of the glory of God, but if we continue on in Romans 3.24, <clears throat> the Bible says that, <clears throat> I'll read 23 quick, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then 24 says, being justified freely by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. The redemption, the, we've been redeemed. And that we're justified, when it says that we're justified, it means that he's already taken uh, the sin and everything that we've, that we've done in our past, and he said, nope, this person is good. This person is okay to come into the the kingdom of heaven. Because we've been justified freely by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood, through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. So, it says that it was set forth as a propitiation by his blood. Remember in the the Old Testament, to cover sins, and when, when they did sacrifice, there had to be a blood sacrifice there had to be something um, a shedding of blood and it had to happen every so often because uh, when when the earth fell into sin well all the animals fell into sin and and there's a sinful this sin came over the earth right Um, but because Jesus was perfect Jesus was, was fully God, fully man he was perfect, he didn't sin we have somebody who uh, when they died, their blood was shed, it was perfect, and it covered sins for the rest of our life, for, our, for eternity, right? For the, anybody that comes into his kingdom, any, the Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Um, whoever believes in him won't perish, but have eternal life. God so loved the world, amen? He loved the world. He loved everybody. He gave his son for everybody. Not Blood uh, doesn't just cover sins of believers, but covers the sins of the unbelievers, amen? Now, do people accept, always accept that free gift? No. People still like to deal with wages, right? I honestly think that, that's why Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Right? Wages. I don't know, maybe that's a little stretch, I don't know. But, but when we deal in wages, we're not dealing in grace. Okay? So, through faith, the demonstrators righteousness, because in his forbearance, God has passed over the, the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Again, that's so important that we understand that Jesus died for everybody, that, the, that his blood covers all sins. But it says that, that he might be the justifier of the one, again, who has faith in Jesus. Amen. There's another scripture that talks about how we're all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. And you see sometimes people will say, the Bible says we're all children of God. So, I mean, everybody gets, gets to heaven, right? No, by faith in Jesus. Yeah, there's, there's this faith that we put in him. That, that's when our, the Holy Spirit identifies with our spirit that says, Oh, yeah, this, guy, this person is a child of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So, although we, you know, we all fall, fall short of the glory of God, we all sin, he has justified us by his grace through the redemption of Jesus. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb through our faith, right? Think of all the sin you committed in your life. Well, maybe you don't think about it, but you can imagine all the sin we've committed in our life, right? And now imagine this sin washed away for a clean slate in your life. Think about, you know, when, you, when you're driving a car, you know, maybe you, you're going mudding. I don't know. I never did that when I was younger, but you, 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 your car is filthy, is dirty, and then you go and take it to a car wash, and it looks like you didn't even play in the mud at all right that's what Jesus did for us, okay we maybe, maybe had to sin and, and this we had this dirty past you know this this kind of um, you know this past where there's mud and there's gunk and there's everything like that. when Jesus died on the cross for us, his blood completely washed that clean completely washed that clean, gave you a clean slate in life you know and every time. That we commit an act of unrighteousness, the Bible calls it, or, you know, we commit a sin, and we ask for that forgiveness. Bible, you know, the Bible says that He forgives our sins when we, when we repent. I'm going to read the scripture later, here, but, um, you know, there's this restoration that happens. It's like a reset button, okay? It's like a reset button um, in that area of your life. That way, tomorrow, or even the rest of that day, you can say, I'm going to do better. Not by myself, but because Jesus is on the inside of me. I have the perfect one on the inside of me. Amen. So I can do this. Hallelujah. He's redeemed you. The word redeemed means to be delivered by being purchased from the bondage of sin and its consequences. Read that again here. Delivered by being purchased. Again, there's a... He purchased. Again, sin deals in wages. Jesus paid for the sin. Amen. And he, what was the result? The wages of sin is death. He died, but because he's perfect, he rose from the dead. Being purchased from the bondage of sin and its consequences. Amen. Now, in the physical, there are consequences to sin, right? I mean, there, there could be, uh, you know, somebody commits, you know, extreme here, but somebody commits a murder. Well, there's consequences to that sin, right? But spiritually speaking, um, we can be redeemed from the things that we've done. Spiritually speaking, we're redeemed. Amen. He's been, he's redeemed us. Redemption is the process of buying back, ransoming, recovering something by paying a price. Again, there's a price that had to be paid. Deliverance from the enslavement of sin and release to a new freedom in Jesus Christ. I love that. A new freedom. A new freedom. In the Old Testament, you know, if somebody owed a debt, And, you know, maybe, you know, even in the Old Testament, they'd they'd work for, become a slave to the person they owed the debt to. Or maybe they'd even sell their children into the slavery just so they could work off the debt. Um, But, you know, every 50 years, there is this year called Jubilee. Amen. And and so, um, you know, you might be under this bondage for 35 years. And then there's this year of Jubilee, this 50th year that comes. And any slave would be set free. Any debt that was owed would be forgiven. Children would, be, would come back to their house. Families would come back together and kind of reset. And they would just, again, start to work at their own house, farming or whatever it was, um, as if there was no debt at all. All the debt and slave obligations would be forgiven. In the New Testament, we were all in debt, and enslaved to sin, right? You know, as as just under the bondage of sin before Jesus came. We were all in debt, we were all slaves to sin. We couldn't get out of it. Okay? But then this year of Jubilee came. And in the name of Jesus, Amen. And when Jesus died on the cross, that year of Jubilee was fulfilled. Amen. And it's not now it's not every fifty years, but we can live in joy and jubilee all the time. Amen. So Jesus came. Hallelujah. He came and he died on the cross. And this was our year of jubilee. Praise the Lord. Even before we were born, we had a year of jubilee where we set free from any slavery, from any bondage. Hallelujah. Any spiritual uh, uh, bondage from the enemy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We were restored back. Praise, Praise Jesus. We were restored back before we were stolen by Satan. So, Satan, remember when Satan tempted Eve in the garden, I mean, he stole away from us what God had promised us, what God had given us freely. He stole our identity, right? Hallelujah. So now, when Jesus died on the cross, we have this opportunity to have our lives restored back. Now, remember, it comes by faith in Jesus. We have our, when we put our faith in Jesus... Only that restoration can come. If we're living in sin, we're still paying those wages that we don't have to pay. If we don't accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're still paying the wages that Jesus already paid for us. Right? It's important to remember, you know, again, too, that Satan steals, kills, and destroys. You know, that that Satan is the one that took from you. And Jesus came to give you life. He came to give you life, abundant life. That's why I love in Romans, Uh, where the wages of sin are are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Eternal life. Praise the Lord. An eternal jubilee. Praise the Lord. When it comes to the choices that we make in our life, we have to understand that there are seen and unseen consequences to sin in our life. I just said that um, just a little bit ago. Spiritually, though, when we accept that gift from God, we're no longer dealing with wages but in gifts. Like I said, we're no longer dealing with the wages, but the gift of God. I just love that word, restore. There's just such a, uh, there's a freedom in the word restore, or uh, in redeemed. Oh, what's that song? I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I Can't remember the rest of the song, but we've been redeemed. Pastor David and Gene is singing all the time, and I never can remember it. But we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah, that's so good. Sin brings death, but when we receive that gift of salvation, the eternal life that we were supposed to have all the time is restored back to us. I'm not really a car guy, but I looked online to see like what was like a really nice car that could be restored, that somebody would buy a lot, pay a lot of money for. And, uh, and Google told me, a 1949 Ford F1 pickup truck. Okay, so I don't know if there's any motorheads in here or not. But I could look at that truck as somebody who doesn't know anything about cars. And I could look at it and say, that's a lost cause. Nobody's going to want that. For one, it's old, right? You know, just in my, my normal brain, I'd be thinking, wow, I, that's uh, coming up on 80 years old. Why would anybody want that car? Okay? No one's ever going to want to drive it again. Okay. I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't drive it. I wouldn't pick it up. But to someone who knows the car, to someone who knows the value of the car, or the, maybe has a sentimental value to it, they might go to an auction, and they might pay some money to buy it. And for me, I'd be thinking, why? Why would you do that? It's an old car. I want a 2023. Why do they want to buy it? Well, because they want to restore it, right? They want to take it and maybe, you know, it's 1949, you know, the older the better in some of these cases, right? And they, and they say, this would be a great car to have. And what do they do? They restore it. In restoring it, just means to fix a, all of its blemishes, fix any blemish that it has. Maybe it has a bad engine, replace the engine, right? Maybe uh, maybe the paint's chipping. Well, put a new coat of paint on it. Maybe the 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 fender's dented in. Well, either get the dent out or replace the fender, right? They want to they want it to look like it's brand new, that it's never been driven, that it's just amazing and again that's what Jesus did for us He restored us He made us brand new right He made us the Bible says we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that's how that's how he made us to be right that's what he gave us when he restored us. Amen when Jesus restored us he gave us a better covenant He gave us a hope he gave us a future the Bible says when he restored us we want to understand that when we sin, That he wants to restore you. The only one that holds us back from being restored is ourselves. right? We're the only one that holds us back from being restored. Like I talked about just a couple couple weeks ago, how to win in your daily life. Yeah, he's given you the victory. Hallelujah, he's given you the victory over death, over hell and the grave.
1: But does that mean that
0: we walk in victory every single day? Sometimes not, right? It's a choice that we make. We make a choice to walk in victory, to walk in that victory. We also make a choice to walk in the restoration that Jesus provided. To walk um, as being above only and not beneath. To walk as the head and not the tail. Amen? To walk knowing that, wow, I'm a child of God. Having confidence in Him, amen, not just in ourselves, but in Him. And when we do that, then people might bring something up, the devil might bring something up about your past. And It's like, no, I'm... I don't look back at that. I look forward at Jesus. Because I know who he's called me to be. I know that he's restored me. Praise the Lord. 1 John nine says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm getting that word cleanse. I love that word cleanse. There's a confession that happens and it says he's faithful and he's just. Remember, we serve a just God. Amen. So... He's not uh, not just forgiving our sins and giving us grace for nothing. No, there was a price that was paid, again, right? A price that was paid. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. That's why he can be just and still forgive us our sins. That's why he can be just and still give us grace, right? Because in the Old Testament, under the Old Law, uh, there there were coverings, okay? But if you sinned again, there had to be another covering for it. Well, because Jesus was perfect, grace just continues to remain for us. Because Jesus died on the cross, he was perfect. His blood continues to cover our sins. Covers the ones of of the past, the ones that we're going to make in the future for our kids, our grandkids. Praise the Lord. That's how good he is. We don't have to hold on to the guilt of sin if we're in Christ Jesus. And I think sometimes we get into... uh, You know, it's easy to say, well, I've done this. Um, I haven't been very good at this. And so, uh, you know, kind of like, Lord, what do you want me to do for you um, to make up for these sins that I've committed? Or sometimes you might think, well, I don't think I'm qualified to be in this ministry uh, because of my past. Well, The Lord, he restores you. Amen. Amen. He washed away the sin of the past. And you know, that word repent, when we repent of our sins, you know, even you know, confessing our sins, really what that's saying too is repenting of our sins. Okay, So we can say, Lord, I did this, um, but if we don't have repentance in our heart, then we're not really doing ourselves any favors. But if we repent, repent of our sins, it means that you're going this way, and it means that you're completely turning around and going the other way. Okay. We all have different struggles, we all have different things that we face, but when we repent, we're saying, no, Lord, I want to go your way. And he gives, us, he gives us second chances. He gives us third chances. I mean, there's things that, you know, I'm sure all of us have, have said, Lord, I I'm, want I'm, I'm to follow you in this area now. And then two days later, we mess up. And it's like, oh, Lord, actually, sorry, Lord, I want to follow you in this area. Help me. And then a couple of days later, we mess up in that area. He's patient with us, is not he? He's patient. He's patient. The Holy Spirit convicts, so I said we don't have to hold on to the guilt of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us and guides us. That's right, yeah. And the Bible does talk about conviction, but he guides us to go the right way. But Satan's going to make you feel guilty about what you've done. You know, the Bible says that when it comes to his children, he remembers our sin no more. Let's go to Hebrews 8, 1. We're going to read 1 through 12. <clears throat> so now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. So we have this high priest. Another part of the Bible talks about how we have a high priest who can sympathize with us. Because he's gone through everything. Gone through every temptation of sin that we've gone through. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if you were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things. As Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle, for he said, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Verse 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. Talking about Jesus. He's obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch. He's also a mediator of a better covenant. So I want to talk about our better covenant right now. So in the Old Testament, you know, the other thing is sometimes we confuse. So Old Testament is Old Covenant, but there's things in the Old Testament that we can bring forth in the New Testament, right, into our lives that we can still use. Uh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That wasn't a law thing. That was a praise thing, right? So it doesn't mean even though uh, the New Testament doesn't talk about clapping your hands, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't clap our hands to the Lord. Amen. It's not that what's not that what's saying. There's a difference between the the things in the Old Testament and then the Old Covenant law. Okay? We want to be able to discern that. So uh, better covenant, which was established on better promises. So we can take all of the promises, okay, and the blessings from the old Covenant and bring it over into the new covenant and realize that they're even better than they were in the old covenant. Okay, there's a there's a scripture that talks about if we um, in the old in the Old Testament about if we uh, um, oh, I can't I can't think of it now, but talking about healing our land, okay, and keeping us from from death and from sicknesses and different things, but but in the Old Testament, and I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering it for some reason, but we had to um, go to him and live a, a sin-free life, right? I'm, par- I'm completely paraphrasing. You're probably going to come and it. it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. Uh, bear with me here. So, in the Old Testament, there was an act. We had to live a good life for the Lord, right? And then it says, and then I will come and heal your land. Or, um, and then I will take away sickness from the midst of you but in the new covenant okay so that's a promise that he takes away sickness from us that he heals our land that's a promise that comes over into the new testament but now the bible says that it's actually a better promise okay and what is the better promise well the better promise is that jesus already stands in the gap for us amen and so we know we're not perfect. We know that we're going to mess up. And he still wants to heal our land, even when we're not perfect. He still wants to take away sickness from us, even if we maybe in a time in our life aren't living for the Lord. That's the better pro- promise. That's the better covenant. Amen. For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would be no, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So, he's saying he's going to make a new covenant. Let's go back to the that previous verse there. The days are coming. What are the days? What are the days that were coming? Jesus, right? When Jesus came to earth, those are the days, he says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. So, he's not talking about physical Israel here. He's talking about the Bible says that we are Abraham's seed. Amen. If we believe in him, he's going to make a new covenant with the house. Who's the house of Israel? The house of Israel is us. Anyone who's the child of God is the house of Israel in this case. And with the house of Judah, now we can go on to, to verse 9. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant and disregarded them and I disregarded them says Lord. So stop right there again. It's not according to the covenant that he made with the fathers. It says that the fathers didn't continue in their covenant and so the Lord disregarded them. He said you're on your own. Now, in this new covenant that we have, it's a better covenant established on better promises. Even if we don't Always walk in that, okay? He's not going to disregard you. He's never going to not want to restore you. Amen? He's always faithful. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Again, in these days right now. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And then it says in verse 11, None of them shall teach his neighbor and none of his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. So this was a, this was a, a quote from um, one of the prophets in the Old Testament. But he's talking about us, right? I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Now, we've all, false, we've all fallen short, right? Praise the Lord, he's made us the righteousness of God in Christ. And their sins and their lawless deeds, he says, I will remember no more. So even if you held on to something in the past, say you confessed it and you let the Lord cleanse you and you held on to this sin and you said, and you said again, say you've confessed it and you apologize to the Lord and then a year later you apologize again, the Lord says, what are you talking about? I don't remember. Why? Because he's already washed you. He doesn't see it. Right? Just like when, when I clean, when I go to the, the car wash in my car and there's mud on it and different things. Well, when it's done, I don't see the mud anymore. Right? He doesn't see the mud on your life. He sees you clean. He sees you washed. He sees you restored. Praise the Lord. When he says in verse, again, verse 10's covenant, I will make with the house of Israel. He's is talking about us. Talking about the new covenant. We don't have to be stuck in the same sti- the same sin all the time. We don't have to be stuck in the same rut that we con- that we continue-, continue to do because we have Jesus on the inside of us because He's given you a better covenant with better promises. He's redeemed us from that sin. That's what grace is, right? Grace is redemption. Grace is is, uh, you know, we, we, maybe we deserve uh, these wages because of this sin. But grace says, no, I'm giving you a free gift. Receive the gift and don't worry about the wages. Right, right. Now, does it give us free reign to sin? No. Some of you are thinking, I'm sure, like, oh, where is he going with this? Is he saying uh, that you can just do whatever you want? No, I'm not saying that, right? Paul says in Romans 6, Verse 1, he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? And that's something to remember is that we've died to sin. Right? Sin no longer has any hold on us. The Bible says we're no longer a bondage to sin or a slave to sin, but we're a slave to righteousness. Amen? What does that mean? Well, as children of God, we want to uh, we want to follow after the righteousness. We want to follow after righteous acts and things that um, the Bible tells us to do. The, the Old Testament was, a, was really a covenant of do nots, right? Do not do this. You shouldn't do this. The New Covenant is really a, a covenant of do this. Love your neighbor. Love your enemies. Be kind to those who persecute you. Love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right. I love that you know just with, again, a, a better covenant established on better promises. Uh, Paul says that, you know, is the law bad? No, I would not have known sin if it wasn't for the law, right? But you still the focus is sin. You know, and 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 the old covenant, you know, God did what? That was the best covenant at the time that He could provide with them, right? But it was still sin-centered. It was sin-focused. So now when we come into this better covenant, and we're living in this better covenant, right? Well, what's the focus? It's not on the sin, right? Not on the sin, but it's on the gift. Okay? It's not on the wages, but it's on the gift. It's on Jesus, amen? That's what we are. We always, you know, Pastor Dave and I, always, 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 if you don't get anything else from what we say, we want to say the focus should be on Jesus, and we say that, I think we say that all the time. We probably say it every time we come up here, okay? But the focus wants to, we need the focus to be on Jesus. Yeah. Focus needs to be on Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse three says, or do not do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so, we should also walk in newness of life. Amen. He gave us his grace so we can walk in newness of life. Amen. Again, new. Not old, but new. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned, they, they left the garden, and so God put a cherubim, or a cherubim at the entrance by the tree of life and guarded it with a flaming sword that went every other way. Why did he do that? Well, he did it so they wouldn't eat of the tree of life. You know, Sometimes people think, well, it was their punishment. No, he, he, it was his grace. <laughs> he wasn't punishing them, he was giving them grace. Yeah, yeah. What would have happened if they would have eaten the tree of life in their sin? Well, there would have been no redemption, right? Because right? that, that would have been a fabric of their life. That would have been something they would have lived in sin forever. Okay? So he gave them grace. He said, no, I'm not going to let you eat of the tree of life because I have a plan of redemption coming for you for your children, for your generations to come. Amen. When we repent of sin, we're saying, I don't want that in my life. When we truly repent of the sin, I don't want that in my life. Amen. And you know what he does? He throws out the record of your sin. The Bible says, love keeps no record of wrong. Well, if God is love, that means God doesn't keep records of your wrongs, Amen. Amen. And you know, yeah throw out the record of your sins, so you can continue to walk in that newness. Continue to walk. Um, You know, when you walk, again, you know, I think Pastor Dave said this before, you walk forward. You don't walk backward, usually, right? If I'm going to try to get somewhere, I'm walking forward. If I'm going to drive somewhere, I'm driving forward. I'm looking ahead. Got this big front dash and a tiny rearview mirror, right? Continue to look forward into Jesus, what he wants you to do. Hebrews twelve one and two says therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses says let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us so there's there's not only the sin but sometimes there's these weights on our life these things that uh, you know maybe disappointments in our life things that um, you know we didn't do anything we didn't sin you know to cause it you know um, Jesus talked about the man who was blind from birth, and the disciples asked, Lord, who sinned? This guy or his parents? And he said, no, no, it's not, that's, not, that's not the reason he's blind, right? Just because something's going on in your life, and I want to say this, I think this is a word for somebody here. Just because something, you're going through a circumstance in your life, or a challenge in your life, does not mean that the um, sin in your life caused that to happen, okay? Just because... We all go through hardships. We live, in, we live in a fallen world. Just because you're going through a hardship doesn't mean that there's been sin that has been done, and that's the reason you're going through this hardship. That's not how God works. Amen. Satan comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Yeah, Amen? Clearly, this weight that easily ensnared us. Number, uh, verse 2, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame... And has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, a weight would be anything that holds us down from having the newness of life. But when we keep our eyes on Jesus, the weight of life won't move us. Amen. So, I, you know, there's been times, have you ever had a time, like at the end of the day, where you just felt like you were just kicked around by the world? Kind of just felt maybe tired, or maybe even felt sick. Like, ah, it's been such a rough day, I just, I'm not feeling well. Well, Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you are who labor and are heavy, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't that a great promise? Yes. If, you're, if you labor, if you're heavy laden, he's going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Again, he's gentle. Yeah, yeah. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know that word rest is the first four letters of the word restore, right? When he restores us, we can have rest. Again, uh, you know, the wages of sin are death. When we work, there's wages, right? Um, But when we're resting, we're not working. When we're resting, we're not working, right? So spiritually, you know, I want to talk spiritually speaking here. When we uh, try to earn... God's approval, and when we try to earn things by doing good deeds, uh, that's work. But when we do things because we love Jesus, Amen. when we when we uh, you know pay for somebody's meal in front of us at the drive-through, which is I think that's really cool, you know, when people do that. Um, when we uh, you know help somebody who needs help getting groceries or whatever the case is but we do it because we love Jesus, well, it doesn't become work anymore, right? It's just, we're just so full of the Holy Spirit that we just want to do this, okay? It's not because we're trying to get into heaven, it's because we want people to know, hey, Jesus loves you too, <laughs> amen? This is what Jesus would do, right? When we're restored, we're freed, right? You know, we're, when we're restored, we're freed, right? From Freed from sin, freed from weights, And when we walk in restoration and walk in the Spirit, we're going to have rest. He doesn't want us to carry around our old baggage and our old ways of living. We all have baggage. We all have things in the past. But he doesn't want us to carry them. Okay? He wants us to keep keep in front of us this newness of life. He wants us to rely on him. Paul says in Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do... Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Presses towards the goal. So don't look backwards. And then we're walking. You know, like in a you know, I was in track when I was in high school, and you'd be running, and if you were in a competitive race, um, you never looked back because it would take your momentum away from your race from running. So that last hundred, the the you know, uh, coming down the stretch, there's a, a temptation to look back and see where that other guy is in the race. But when you do that, you lose all your momentum going forward, and it takes you a little bit to get back the momentum, right? And in the meantime, the guy that's behind you maybe can pass you. So that's why we don't want to look backwards. Why? Because we're going to lose momentum. We're going to lose momentum for Jesus. Amen. We're going to, we're we maybe going on a, on a right path. In an area of our life, and wow, this is great, hallelujah. And then we start, I wonder what's going on back there. I wonder, what's, I wonder uh, what the party scene looks like nowadays. I wonder uh, what kind of games they have at the casino now that I can play. Start looking back. Momentum, we lose our momentum. Continue to look towards Jesus. Nothing can fulfill you except for Jesus. Amen. Oh, man, you know, there's there are times where you do, you know, I, I've said this before, I used to be a, a addicted to gambling. You know, I just, I was, I'm a competitive person anyways, and it just was that next step up, that level up for me. And uh, it was, you know, I really liked doing it, but it caused me so much anxiety because I'd go there with a couple hundred dollars maybe, and I'd either lose it all, I was never like, ah, oh, I lost 50 bucks, I can just leave now. No. I either lost it all or I won a bunch. But that roller coaster of, of the feeling was just so anxious to me. And now I know, you know, and the Lord, deli- praise the Lord, the Lord delivered me from that. Amen? And he'll deliver you from the things that you're going through as well. But I know if I ever look back, if I ever said, huh, well, I guess I can maybe just do this. Just, it's just a scratch card. You know, it wouldn't be that for me. Right? I don't want to look back. I don't want to lose my momentum in that area of my life where I'm living for Jesus, where I'm trying to be a good steward of my money, um, not wasting it. We're gonna you know, I wanna there's a lot of things that the Lord's been been showing me, messages and different things like that. Um, you know, even about what's a sin, what's not a sin. You know, people can debate on gambling or drinking or whatever. Um, you know, the one thing the Lord's shown me is that. If it can be a stumbling block, it's something that we don't want to do, right? Anyway, that's a, that's a, that's something for another time, by the way. But we want to look forward. I said all that to say we want to look forward, amen. We want to look forward. There's nothing back there for you. There's nothing back there for you. Look forward. The old life doesn't compare to the new one that we have in Jesus. Second Corinthians 5:17 says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation." Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. So, what are you dealing with right now? Maybe you've been free from addiction for years. Maybe you're going through something, uh, a temptation that it's you're just it's hard to shake off. Maybe you're struggling with a sin in a certain area right now. Whatever it is, let Jesus restore you. Let him restore you. Like I said, he's, he's come to restore us. And when we believe in him... That, that restoration is there for us. But we want to walk in restoration every single day. Dig into his word. Find out the truth about yourself. A lot of times in the Bible, uh, restoration, you think you see like water, right? So even in, in Psalm 23, it says, he leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul, right? In Ephesians 5, 26, he says, uh, when he's talking to Husbands about loving their wife. He says that Christ gave himself for the church so that he might sanctify and cleanse her by the washing of the water of the word. So just think when we every morning when, or whenever you do it, whenever you read your Bible, there's a washing, there's a cleansing that takes place. He's going to speak to you through that word. Amen. he's going to speak to you about uh, about your life. He's going to speak to you how to handle a, a struggle that you're going through, maybe. Continue to read the word. The word gives life. Amen. The Bible says that my, in, in uh, Proverbs, my son, pay attention to my words, incline your ears to my sayings. Amen. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life, their life to those who find them and their health to all the flesh. Amen. So when we read the word, there's life. Life comes. Praise the Lord. So whatever it is this morning, Jesus wants to restore you. He wants you to experience this newness of life. Just because he did it for us, that doesn't mean that we're walking in it. He wants you to, again, experience it. And when we read the word, when we actually when we actually let him take over and we find rest in him, the Bible says, cast your care on the Lord, for he cares for you. When we let him do that, I mean, we can walk a life restored. Amen? So let him wash you with water by the word. Just read his word. He has something for every area that you're struggling with. I love that scripture that, that we have a great high priest who who um, can sympathize with us. Amen. I always think it's interesting the Bible says he, that he can't not sympathize, double negative, but he can sympathize with you. He can uh, empathize. He's been in your shoes. He knows what you're going through. Amen. And he wants to restore you. He wants to restore you. So, just... Let's just bow our head, close our eyes this morning. Maybe there's something in your life right now um, that you're not thrilled about. (laughs) Maybe it's a temptation. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's a weight. Maybe uh, you're thinking about a family member or a friend that's going through something. I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to imagine water uh, flowing onto the situation. Okay. I want you to see... Uh, you know, let's picture. You can picture whatever you want. But I'm going to picture mud, mud on a car. And I see the water coming on the car, and I see little by little the mud dropping off the car, dropping off the car. And little by little, you can see the paint of the car, you can see uh, the shine of the car. Now, I want you to imagine that mud just just being washed away from the car. So now all you have is this. Brand new looking, shiny car. Father, we just thank you that you've done that for us. Lord, we thank you that uh, we don't have to live wondering whether or not our sins are forgiven. We don't have to live wondering um, if we've been good enough to make it into heaven. Father, we thank you that Jesus came and He died on the cross for us to restore us, to give us newness of life, that we are a new creation. Even every old thing, every old thing has passed away. And everything in your life has become new. Hallelujah. Oh, we just give you praise today, Lord. The Lord wants to heal relationships today, too. He's a restorer of relationships, amen? I just feel like I have a word. You know, there's somebody here, maybe multiple people here, that um, have been struggling uh, with a, a porn addiction. Okay? And you feel like you're never going to get out of that. The Lord wants to say today that, um, like we've been talking about, he's already redeemed you. He's already restored you. So don't just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of this. I'm going to do it. No, allow him to wash you. Allow him to wash you with the water of the word. Hallelujah. There's no sin um, that can't be broken out of. There's no temptation that we can't be free from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you again for today. We pray that your will is done in our life, that uh, we can go through the day looking forward, looking ahead at the good things that you have for us. Even in our thinking, Lord, we thank you that we can think of things that are pure and lovely and are praiseworthy, things that are of good report, hallelujah, we can meditate on those things, Father. We just thank you that you have such good plans for us, that it doesn't even pay to look back, but just to look forward at what you have for us in our life, Father. And I just pray a blessing on everybody here today, that uh, they can go about their, their day, they can feel confident, that they can, they can know that they're a child of God, and that you love them, that you respect them, that you um, are enthusiastic about them, Lord. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name today. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes, yes. And if anybody needs prayer um, today, just let me know. Um, you can come up to me. You can go to somebody else to get prayer. Uh, we all have the same Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And uh, I just want to, I just want you guys to have a great day. <laughs> I really do. I want you guys to have a day that's free of any, uh, that's free of any guilt. Or any shame. That's what God wants for you too, amen? amen. All right. Thank you guys. You are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616.